Can healthcare culture be changed? If so, how? And can widgets talk? Welcome to the Transformative Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar. I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief of Advent Health Press. We're trying something different with this limited edition series. Often podcasts are created after a book is released. This time, we're going to share the book's concepts before they're published as a work in progress. Our authors are Dr. Jeffrey Coleman, Senior Vice President and Chief Quality and Safety Officer for Advent Health Orlando, and Daniel Peach, Director of Clinical Transformation at Advent Health Orlando. Today's podcast is entitled, Our Widgets Talk. Now let's join Jeffrey Coleman and Daniel Peach as they discuss meaningful care, what it means to be lean, and widgets versus human beings. One of my favorite cartoons is, is a classic. You have a doctor, the doctor is walking into his exam room, and on the examining table is his patient. And the patient has an arrow that goes from his right temple to his left temple going right through his head. And of course the doctor is um, being very dutiful, looking at his uh, clipboard, or I guess now it would be laptop or tablet, and the doctor says, so it seems to be the problem. <laughs> and I think that's emblematic of, of, uh, of healthcare today, and I think that's what we need to transform, is kind of focusing back on the doctor-patient uh, interaction and relationship instead of focusing on the technology, focusing on the data. I'd agree with that. You, yeah. you, you're absolutely right. And so it's, it's that classic, but it epitomizes everything that is healthcare today, that, that focus yeah. on the technology and leaving the patient out of it. Yeah. My, um, sometimes it's a little close to home. I went to a doctor's appointment with my father-in-law who was um, starting to have some memory loss issues. Right. And... We go in, they do blood pressure, normal vitals, enter in the demographic um, information into the computer. And the doctor comes in, sits at the desk, looks at this computer screen, and starts filling out all the data fields. And he's going through a checklist of what his employer is requiring him to do and what the government is also telling the employer that you have to do if you want to increase your reimbursement or your quality scores. And what would have been more helpful if the doctor had just asked some meaningful questions to my father-in-law, like, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, what, um, you know, what's the name of your children? Are you experiencing any frustration with performing activities of daily, daily living? And that would have been a lot more um, insightful um, and helpful, w focusing on on the patient instead of on the uh, the data or the technology. That at the end of the day doesn't really matter about the care of of um, my father-in-law. How did that make you feel from from both sides of that, as a doctor and as having a a family member yeah. in there? I mean, it, yeah. Well, I could I could sympathize and I could understand what he was doing. He yeah. knew he had 8.6 minutes and he had 72 data fields to complete, and his self worth is going to be uh, judged by the completion of that. And sometimes there's different um, 
personality types that go into medicine where they, the human interaction is not their strong point. At other times, it's, uh, uh, it's the complexity of the, uh, the, the data acquisition um, and the technology. So I could I could uh, sympathize with both sides, but on that day, you know, I'm on the, the receiving end. Yeah, the receiving yeah. end, and just just uh, I know the best decisions aren't going to be made unless the, you know, unless I grab the doctor and say, "Hey, buddy, he's got an arrow sticking through his head," <laughs> and that's what the problem is, not you know, not the words that you're going to free text. Into we, the, we get wrapped up in right. the bubble that we're in and being driven from that technology and. And and trying to change things, trying to make that transformational move in healthcare yeah. is one that really needs that personal relationships. Yeah. So it's interesting you bring up the word change in healthcare. So change in healthcare, I think change is change is constant. Or mm. Entropy isn't what it used to be, is kind of a classic. <laughs> so in the late nineties, um, the the buzzwords were lean practices. Yeah. And I think you know Coming yeah. from the business world, you know where lean came from, and yeah. So coming out of out of Toyota, I think it was wasn't it just after the sort of Second World War that it all started to develop from there, and um, and really started to expand out and became the the buzz between lean and Six Sigma and Agile and all of those really started to come together on being able to manufacture products and making it more efficient. Yeah. And I think lean has its place for yeah. supplies, sometimes for um, patient flow through a system. And, you know, they, le- they learn some of those um, from highly efficient manufacturing facilities. Um, but lean is all focused on, on widget making. It's on the, the processes. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's, that's one of the big problems, I think, is that um, we forget that in healthcare, we it's considered that we make widgets as well, where we're trying to drive everything along those those lean paths, those Six Sigma paths. But we have one major problem in healthcare is that our widgets talk back. And that expands out. You know, if you, if you take a sheet of metal and you want to turn it into um, a metal box, then you can start to drive it along the lines of lean and Six Sigma. You can make the same box time and time again. If you want to make it, less expensive, then you can reduce the materials that are involved. You can shorten cycle times. You can make flow processing part of of everyone, of everything that's there and bring in production engineering. But then you look at healthcare and you start to take people and start to drive those in it. And every widget is different. Every widget talks back. It tells you something different. None of them tie in to what they should do in the textbooks. They're not the same sheet of metal to be moulded and folded, um, and we we seem to forget that we we don't we try to build a process around a patient rather than building a patient in and looking at those as an individual, and then from that determining where they need to go each and every time as that individual patient. Yeah. So several of the large healthcare systems a couple decades ago brought lots of the lean thinking in, and. They kind of were at the forefront of revolutionary, hmm. or yeah. they called it transformative healthcare. I'm not sure how drastic the change was, but it was it was it was a change. It was a change. Yeah. And the problem with lean is it it just comes with too narrow of a focus. Its um, uh, leaders were enamored with streamlining processes, eliminating waste, growing profit, and those are all important. But 
we know that in healthcare, lean isn't the entire answer. Six Sigma, Six Sigma actually came from, a, you talked about metal. Yeah. I think it came from General Electric. Yeah. When they built engines, the thickness of the metal had to be within a, a six, stand, yeah. Yeah, six standard deviations. So in healthcare, if we're one Sigma, if we're one standard deviation above the mean, you're you're in the top of the field. If you're two sigma, two standard deviations, you're top in the nation. Yeah. So I think we're not manufacturing metal for engines, um, but as you say, our widgets um, uh, talk back, and so do our healthcare uh, providers. Yeah, and that's the other part of it. I mean, we our widgets do talk. Unfortunately, often we don't listen, uh, and I think that that's the other big part of this that you can build these processes in, you can make changes, but unless you're actually listening to what's going on and what's going there um, to try and help perfect what's there, you're, you're not going to make any any change, any meaningful change. You tend to be encompassed by gathering all of that data and and looking at that as your change process rather than looking at the individual patient and seeing how they get better not necessarily how long they stay. Yeah, first and, do no harm. Yeah, yeah and, and, and we seem to have forgotten that. And we've, we've, we've almost got to change our culture. And that's one of the huge challenges that we have. We, we tend to, we drag in consultants to help us. When we want to make a change, when we want to do the difficult things, we bring in people that, to help support what we've got and, and believe that they have the answers. So, so do they bring value? I think they do. There is, there is an element of value that's always brought in there. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier from someone from the outside to come in and do it. You've always got someone else to blame if you yeah. bring a, a consultant yeah. in. But so, so can somebody from the outside, can they change the culture inside the organization? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, yeah, I think I, that's hard. Yeah, I, it, it's really difficult. I mean, I, I tend to say that the interesting thing with consultants as a whole is um, it's a bit like someone who you walk up to and say, can you tell me what the time is? And as a consultant, you'll look over and say, that's a nice watch you're wearing. Can I borrow that? And you give them the watch and they fasten the watch on. And then they say, sorry, what was the question? And your answer is, well, can you tell me what the time is? Sure. They look at the watch, look up. You need to pay me X amount of dollars. So you readily give it. You need to know what the time is. You pay them the money. They look back at the watch and say, you know what? It's two o'clock. And do you know what I can do for you? If you pay me another $1,000, I'll sell you this watch. And they sell you your own watch back. So you start to recycle the information that you really knew. You just maybe weren't brave enough to, to bring it out, to actually do something about it, to look ahead and see where you need to change, what you need to change, and to listen to the people that are there. Yeah, so it sounds like in healthcare, consultants often just repeat back to the administrators what they already know. And they're only, they're only going to tell you what they can change, what they can identify, and they can get paid for doing. They're not going to tell you, they're not going to answer the really difficult problems. And it's got to be something that they can accomplish, because we're all about not winning per se, but, but succeeding. And that tends to drive that end of it, that bringing in those consultants is great. They do help you identify some of the problems you may have missed. But when it comes to making that cultural change, it's a lot deeper. You've got to start listening to the people that are there and listen to yourself. Yeah. So for transformative healthcare, do you think that if we just perfect processes and gather more data, 
that that alone lead to positive long-term change? No. It's If we're just gathering that information and bundling it together, we're going to gather information and bundle it together. You've got to be able to identify it. I mean, if, if you look in healthcare today, what tends to happen is our clinical staff become metric to death. They have lots and lots of information. They have lots of numbers that are given to them about how long, how wide, how tall, how short. And that's used to determine their success, not on how you treat that individual patient. And we do need data, but we have too much. Yeah. So to me, sometimes it's pretty simple, but you just need two things for the drastic change or the transformation we need in healthcare. And the two things are empower the front line yep. and then hold them accountable yeah. with reasonable measures. So empowering the front line is instead of looking toward to industrial type data or outside uh, sources for the answers, if you engage the front line, physicians, nurses, emergency department, work center personnel, and even patients, and say, what, what's the best way to do this? They will talk, and their talk is, it's a great thing. Yeah, and it was, it was interesting. I smoked when you said it, but we often forget the patient in there. And, yeah, well, most patients and, can talk. I mean, yeah, yeah. and uh, sometimes even in distress, what they're saying is, is important. So. And, and, and looking at them, it's, it's going back to the cartoon. You know, it's, we, can, we can look, we can hear, we can see, but do we understand sometimes that the arrow in the head is probably one of the main causes? But you don't know unless you ask because there may have been another problem. So it's taking all of that information and taking those small data points that are not necessarily just measurements but can be that communication. Yeah. In, in examining a patient, the first thing you learn on the first day of medical school is look, listen, and feel. Yeah. So if the doctor had just looked at the patient, they would have said, oh, you got an arrow on your head. Yeah. Or if they would have listened to the patient telling them, hey, I have an arrow on my head. Or if they had blindly just felt, they probably would have figured that out. It doesn't say peer at your computer or ask an, an outside expert. So all of this, I think, goes back to a shift in balance. So the shift in balance takes the emphasis and places it back on relationships. Yes. And the values, the practices, the behaviors that lead to the meaningful change rather than data or technology. So when you talk about values, practices, behaviors, that's 100% culture. Yes. And so when your culture is aligned, then your strategies, your goals, your objectives, your activities dovetail nicely together in a synergistic way, but that both of them, you get the results that you need. So the change, I think the dramatic change that's needed for transformative healthcare is changing the culture. Culture is the axis on which meaningful transformation occurs. How can you dramatically change it and sustain it? Do you think it's even possible? Yes. And I think we found a way of doing that. We'll find out. It's time to wrap up this episode of Transformative Healthcare, a limited edition 14-part podcast series. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar. To discover other great resources to help you feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, please visit us at adventhealthpress.com. And while you're there, remember to sign up for our free newsletter that includes healthy living tips, leadership wisdom, and regular giveaways. 
And tune in for our next episode, where the authors will be talking about rapid cycle improvements, sustainable change, and cabbage. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.